And boom, we're back for another episode of AlphaCast. I'm Mike Winner, and I'm here as always with Dr. Bear Paul Lando coming to you live and direct from the great state of Jefferson, a mindset here of freedom and community and growing the world that we want to see. And it's been a good one. Can't wait for spring. I've got my fruit trees starting to really blossom. Just did an awesome video for the event in Alphavedic about how I like to plant my fruit trees. Check that out. That's coming out on uh, the event in Alphavedic Telegram and YouTube and other channels. Check that out. I even charge my rootstock in Alila Quantum Cube. Lots of fun stuff we're doing here. So uh, yeah, just love pushing the limits of science and nature and what we can do with it with our consciousness. And our guest today is a legend who will go deep into a lot of these concepts and spiritual elder and legendary thought pioneer David Icke joins us today. This is a long time coming for Bear and I, having uh, off and on uh, worked with David on and different things. So, so back in the 90s, uh, Bear was involved with some sovereignty groups and they hosted David come out in the Caribbean there and speak to them. And of course, we are working with Iconic with a... Um, uh, on a project uh, on their uh, network for Alpha Vedic and uh, had uh, David on the event uh, in December where Josh Del Sol and I interviewed him, which was amazing. So, so great to have David uh, back with us here. This is going to be a good one. Uh, I've told this story, I believe before once, but David was very instrumental in my awakening in the early 2000s, actually in the year 2000. In the year 2000, <laughs> um, I uh, was going on my lunch break to Borders every day, reading in the, in the esoteric metaphysical section, and his book literally popped out of the bookshelf and fell on my foot. The Biggest Secret was like, what is this? Ended up becoming obsessed with it, going deep down a lot of rabbit holes because of it, and ended up having a vision of seeing David on a world stage of sorts, hundreds of thousands of people rallying around him as he was screaming freedom, so random. And I would get chills seeing this. And at this point, you know, David was pretty underground. And then fast forward to 2020 on that famous speech now at uh, Trafalgar Square in London, where David's yelling freedom and 100,000 people are there, if not more. And when I saw that actually happening, I fell down to my knees crying. It was uh, quite, a, quite an event for me to see that actual vision unfold into reality. So pretty trippy stuff. I just uh, want to thank you, David, for all that you've done for humanity. And we are just blessed to have you today. A man requiring no introduction amongst the truth-seeking community, the former footballer and sports broadcaster has written over 20 books since the mid-1990s and spoken in more than 25 countries. As true with most authentic thinkers, those governed by convention took great exception with the subject matter conveyed through David's groundbreaking books and well-received public appearances as a gifted and entertaining order. Quote, how long are we going to take this shit? Just asking. <laughs> quote, now vindicated by history, David's work has led him to a place of prominence on the world stage as a voice of reason amidst the current madness. With David's death and versatility, the discussion today is going to range from prognosis of world events to our true spiritual nature within a universe governed by resonance. As contemporaries, Dr. Lando witnessed a common timeline in the decades-long rollout of present geopolitics, 
and participated in international events featuring David as a keynote speaker in earlier efforts to forewarn an unsuspecting public. So excited for this roundtable. Want to get right into it. For those who are new, just discovering Alpha Vedic, you can find out more about us at alphavedic.com. That's A-L-F-A-V-E-D-I-C.com. Join us on our telegram at t.me forward slash Alpha Vedic. That is a vibrant, amazing community. Please join us there or on discord at alphavedic.com forward slash discord. Okay, enough of that. Let's get right into this chat. Um, I'm really excited about this one, guys. David, uh, so happy to have you here today, and uh, we appreciate you making time for us. We know you're a busy man these days. Um, it, it's great talking to you, too, you know, because you're a contemporary, and I don't know about you, but it seems like whenever I'm uh, in a group these days, I'm always the oldest guy in the room, and uh, you and I are roughly the you know, same age group, so we have a, a common timeline we've shared and, uh, you know, our paths have uh, uh, almost crossed a few times. Uh, I was part of a group back in the mid-90s uh, where you were a feature speaker. It was called Global Prosperity Group, and I was kind of behind the scenes in that. And, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so anyway, uh, I was like behind the scenes in the planning. And, uh, you know, so I saw you many times uh, up on the stage once the event, you know, we were in, in a lot of... Uh, um, Caribbean destinations and things because they'd come after us if we told the truth here in on the stage in the States back then. So, uh, so good to meet you in person. Now, you know, the, the one thing that, again, that we've witnessed is just, uh, you know, I started in 75. I read a book, uh, None Dare Call Conspiracy by Gary Allen. And then I was in medicine and things weren't adding up in medicine to me. So I went in a different direction the way I practiced. Uh, and, um, you know, I've, I've watched this, uh, like slow motion train wreck for the last 50 years. And I know you've witnessed the same thing. So it's just good to, you know, again, talk to somebody who's just watched this thing unfold. So I guess my first question with you today is, uh, did you ever dream that it would get this much traction, go this far? Because, even though there's no surprises to us these days, you know, we, as we've, you know, known what was going on behind the scenes, I'm still a little amazed that they pulled this off and fooled people for so long. So we'd like just your take, uh, you know, and where you think this is going and, um, and uh, just your prognosis in general, but thanks again for being with us, David. Pleasure. Um, well, I said a long time ago that, um, you know, the reason to do what I do and what others have done was to alert enough people to what was being orchestrated under the radar uh, for this to be headed off. But, you know, it, it was obvious, although that would have been nice, that that was not going to happen. Because what we're dealing with, and in the end, we, it's it's consciousness that from which everything is coming. But in the end, it is psychological. Everything's psychological. We behave as we do because of our perceptions that, it, that, that one creates the other. So the stadium in which this whole global conspiracy is played out is in the perceptual state of the human race. That's where it's happening. And so one of the things that I've 
really studied over the years is psychology. What makes people react to input A with response B? Because as I've traveled around the world, I've been to a lot of countries, it must be 60 odd uh, by now. What you see is the same situation, overwhelmingly people react in the same way. There, there's a, there's a, a blueprint psychology, um, which only those that expand their awareness um, into uh, much more uh, expansive states of, of perception and consciousness actually can override and um, therefore respond in a different way to what you would expect them to, how you expect them to, to respond. So you look at this psychological blueprint and part of it is, and it's completely understandable, people just wanna get on with their life. They actually don't want to face what's actually going on. And so while they have a getaway car, um, they will jump in and ignore information that's put before them that actually the world is not like you thought it was. And this is going into a very sinister direction if we don't do something about it. So the way that's dealt with is, oh, it's just a conspiracy theory, mate. Oh, oh no, they'd never do that. And, and so it was obvious that the, uh, the direction that we were going into, we were being taken into, had to be here before large, large numbers of people were going to actually go, well, I've got to look at this because it's now too obvious, it's too in my face. And so in the uh, COVID era, you've had uh, this psychology take two different directions. One, um, large numbers of people have become more and more immersed in what I'll call the coma, in the blueprint, in the... Um, the psychological prison cell. But the fantastic thing is, and it's, I've never seen anything like it in the 32 years I've been on this road consciously, uh, enormous numbers of people also have, um, have had to look at the world in a different way and realize that not only are the powers that are um, directing the the world, uh, not what they seem to be, but the direction of that world is very sinister indeed. And we have to address it and we have to deal with it. Otherwise, it's not going to get better. It's going to get a hell of a lot worse, not least for our kids and grandkids. So you, you, you can see this, um, this parting of the ways between those that are going deeper into the to the coma, and what I mean by that is um, reflex action response, what I call press enter people. Reflex action response to input. Uh, oh, this is a, a deadly uh, virus. Oh, there's a deadly virus. You're not gonna, you're not gonna ask any questions about it. Then you're not gonna ask them to show you it's deadly or any background, you know, like you're isolated, purified or anything. No, 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 they say, they say. So, so 
press enter, I react. Um, and the other side is this emerging awareness, which is breaking out of this five sense prison cell and is starting to do very simple things that should surely come, come natural. When authority says to you, this is how it is, you say, well, where's your evidence? And if you can't produce the evidence, then I'm not accepting a word you say, and I'm certainly not doing what you're telling me to do on the basis of what you say is happening, which you cannot prove is happening. And so you can see this, this, um, this divergence uh, of, um, of, of different uh, consciousness and how it's uh, manifesting um, in the world. And in terms of the press enter people, um, what you've got and what, what you have with this, uh, this press enter uh, blueprint is unconsciousness. Things are done unconsciously because there's not that conscious intervention that says, okay, you're telling me this is going on. So where's your evidence? The evidence is not asked for. Only the response, the unconscious response to data input. And what we've seen, it's, 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 it's quite a sight really, is this seamless, um, seamless transition that's taken place in only last two weeks between the response to, quote, COVID and the response to the Russian invasion of uh, Ukraine. So we've gone seamlessly from those that um, choose not to have the jab because they've consciously asked questions about it and found the answers and said, well, I'm not having that. Um, them being demonized uh, by reflex action to Russians being demonized just for being Russian. And you've gone from uh, being lied to quite blatantly in the last two years, and now it's all more and more coming out. They're having to admit they lied to us, although they are putting it in other terms, to being lied to by exactly the same sources and exactly the same people over um, this um, invasion of Ukraine. Uh, and and it's, um, it's a, a, a classic example of the press enter uh, mentality that I'm talking about, where in both cases, there is no questioning. For instance, with Ukraine, what is happening to Ukraine civilians is absolutely appalling. Of course it is, it should not be happening. But uh, hold on a minute, um, because like the Nazis said, keep your propaganda simple, very important. Um, is the Ukrainian government, um, the good guy and uh, against the bad guy? Or, or is there more to know about the Ukrainian government? Is there more to know about who controls the Ukrainian government? So we can get a better kind of feel for actually what's happening. And, you know, the Ukrainian government is run by oligarchs. Ultimately, it's run by America that oversaw the coup that threw out a guy called Yanukovych, who's now in Russia, in 2014 put in a total crook called Poroshenko, followed by 
Zelensky. And so it's not black and white. And consciousness that is in, in, um, in its own power looks at these things and asks these questions and therefore gets a better um, balance of actually what's happening. Not to say this is good and this is bad, but actually it's, it's not the black and white that you're told it is. Whereas the press enter mentality, everything is black and white. There are no shades of gray. It's either all good or all, uh, um, all demonized. There's no uh, middle ground at all. And just Biden's uh, blatant criminality in association yeah. with uh, Ukraine. These I mean, it's, these are the dogs it's, that it's, make them rich. It's the irony of it. It's in our face, but then, you know, I see a lot of people I grew up with over here in the States and they're like, oh, we got to get the bad Russians. And uh, they're the same ones that were in for the jab. And they've done this marvelous jobs of psychology of linking these unrelated uh, topics, you know, like within medicine, within geopolitics. And it's like, well, you can't just make up your mind for either one. You've got to accept the entire package. And then like yourself, you've been out, you know, for how many decades telling the truth and, and, um, you know, vilified for it. And, but now, in, you know, historically, you've been vindicated. Everything you've talked about is proven true. And, you know, it, it's the same old game. So it's just fantastic. I think, um, you know, there, there's absolutely just a lot of denial and all the, the psychology involved. But I also think there's a little bit of an interdimensional sort of uh, mind control going on, which brings us into a much more deeper topic. But anyway, go ahead with what you were talking about there. Well, yeah, uh, you know, what, what I've done over the years is um, I've always sought out the simple behind the apparently complex, mm -hmm. because you can look at the world and it seems ever so complex and complexity tends to switch people off. And another thing that complexity or the the perception of complexity does is people who are not confident of their own intelligence, they will, in the face of complexity, start handing out and um, passing on responsibility for understanding what they perceive as complexity to who they perceive to be experts and uh, more clever people than they are. So this is how the population because of its uh, great swathes of insecurity and lack of confidence in its own intelligence, looks to scientists to tell them about the nature of reality. Well, most scientists, at his most, it's an overwhelming majority of scientists in the mainstream have not a clue what reality is. And most people in, in medicine, oh, doctor, tell me what to do have not a clue what the body is, never mind how it works. All they know is what the big pharma cartel has told them, the scalpel and the drug. And, and so if you, if you fall into this, everything's complex, then that's one, of the, that's one of the pitfalls. You think, well, I can't understand this, so I'll, I'll, I'll hand over understanding it to other people who don't understand it, but they've got letters after their name or before their name. And as a result, you believe what they say because they're experts, when actually they're not. They, they're just designated people called experts to um, 
spew out the uh, official narrative of everything as we've seen in the COVID era. So I'm always looking for the simple because what my, my experience is the simple is always behind the complex because you've got the simple in the way things work and then you've got the way it plays out. And as it plays out, that's when it seems complex. So let's see where it's coming from. And the, the, the whole foundation of human life and human society is control of human perception. That's it. Because if you control human perception, you control human behavior. Because behavior comes from perception. We behave as we do because we perceive as we do. People respond to data input over anti-vaxxers or uh, Russians because that's what they're told to, um, to believe, to perceive. Thus they do, thus they behave in the way they do. Other people, as we've uh, talked about, already who say well hold on a minute there's always more to know it's like socrates said uh, or is supposed to have said wisdom is knowing how little we know uh, wisdom is knowing you know nothing that's the good starting point because then you 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 don't have these dogmas because you know there's always more to know about everything and so because they ask questions they have different perceptions and their different perceptions leads to different behavior so everything comes from control of perception. And this is why um, we're having now this hysterical, kind of monumental, almost indescribable level of censorship. Because where do perceptions come from? They come from information received. So you, you, if you can control that, you control perception in large numbers of people. And if you control perception, you control behavior. And you know, behind all the complexity and all your Bilderberg groups and your Council on Foreign Relations and your, your secret societies, all of which are important to know about. I spent 30 years on covering them. But behind it is a very simple goal, control of human perception, which means control of human behavior. And now we understand why they are seeking to move us in a very short time to a point where um, artificial intelligence is connected to the human brain. These jabs are part of that. Um, because as Ray Kurzweil says, the Google futurist executive, who's very good at predicting the future because he knows, he knows what the plan is, um, that um, in the period of 2020, they'll be uh, connecting the human brain to artificial intelligence and then uh, artificial intelligence will do more and more of human thinking until human thinking as we know it is basically negligible and will our minds will be artificial intelligence. He's openly saying that. What does that mean? Complete takeover of human perception to dictate human behavior. Up to this point, they've had to control information to um, manipulate perception to control behavior. The idea with artificial intelligence is you just go direct. You don't have to, you, you don't have to uh, manipulate information anymore because the perception comes direct through AI. So uh, if, if we look at, um, you know, people say, what's the solution? Well, I, you know, I never look for solutions because solutions tend to produce more problems in need of more solutions. What I look for is the cause of the problem. And if you can if you can identify the cause of the problem, then and remove that, then the problem must disappear because the whole foundation of it, the reason for it is gone. And 
the reason for mass human control is mass human perceptual control. So the solution to remove the cause of the problem is to take control of our perceptions back and take control of our minds back. And um, that's what we're seeing in this period more and more blatantly is the difference between uh, minds that um, take their uh, control of their perceptions back and those who don't. And those who don't will reflex action attack anti-vaxxers as they call them and reflex action uh, days later attack Russians for being Russian because they're press center people. They're not in control of their perceptions. That which is manipulating their perceptions is in control of them. So if we want to change the world that we perceive as complex and the way, the way it plays out, of course, appears complex because different perceptions are creating different behaviors, are creating different responses and different reactions. So in the play out world, it does seem complex and kind of, oh, what can we do about this? It's just too much, it's too... But behind it is dead simple. What you perceive, you, what you believe you perceive and what you perceive you experience. And so we have to change um, uh, this kind of, throughout known human history uh, theme of humanity being told what to think. And what you've got, of course, now with the, the woke mentality, which is funded by these um, billionaires of what I call this global cult, it's behind all this. The woke mentality is specifically there to um, create um, press enter people. It, that's what that that's its whole foundation, whereby you um, are told what to believe and you then believe it, perceive it, and then your experience comes from it. So um, those that are thinking for themselves and um, looking to uh, expand their perception of what's happening, they are being targeted now for for silencing for um for being um demonized because this cult knows they're the people that can uh, bring an end to this because the others cannot unless they change because they're simply um doing whatever they're told believing whatever they're told behaving therefore in a way that they're told and so the woke mentality doesn't question you know what i talked about earlier where you go um you you the, one of the greatest forms of if not the greatest form of mind control and perception control is repetition constant hearing the same thing because that very quickly becomes and everyone knows that mate and no one questions it anymore it becomes familiar or oh, everyone knows that it's the way it is well well it, let's ask some questions and see and very very few questions later of course the whole basis of everyone knows that is all over the floor in pieces because it it was a nonsense to start with but people just believed it and thus reacted uh, that way so you see the work mentality um and it comes out of the uh, the subconscious um and it comes into from the subconscious into unconscious behavior so you talk to uh, the woke mentality and it will repeat to you the groupthink every time. And um, 
if you uh, challenge the group thing, then you're demonized and you're everything that they, they call you and you have to be silenced, you have to be uh, um, canceled and, and all that because you've gone against the group thing. And if you look at this movement that's gone on stage by stage, which is designed to end with um, artificial intelligence connected to the human brain, what is that? What is that going to create the ultimate groupthink? Because from that situation, the entire human race would be one groupthink. It would be one hive mind, which is what I've been saying for decades is the plan to create this human hive mind centrally controlled in terms of its perception. So everyone kind of believes and perceives and behaves the same. Now, what is the woke mentality? It's a hive mind. That's what it is. It moves as one unit, just as it's moved as one unit from uh, attacking anyone who's questioning the COVID story to anyone uh, who's Russian and questioning the... Uh, yeah, save lives, save lives, now go to war. <laughs> it's like the, so easily manipulated. But David, there's, there's a bit of a... A global unit via AI, and, and we're seeing the, the stepping stones towards that moving very quick now. Yeah, I was going to say there's a paradox there because obviously we're all one. We all come from one. If we get into the spiritual aspect of what we are as consciousness, and I'd love to get there, but then we have this sort of inverted, as you're saying, AI consciousness that they are pushing that is the wokeness that is all that. So, you know, my question for you is. There's this idea, and I guess the more new age circles that we are, we're coming to a head. This is a, this is a special time, right, of, of the awakening, the Great Awakening, which is funny because they had the Great Awakening in the late 1800s. There was literally a movement called the Great Awakening. Are we suffering from this idea of time bias that we feel like we're in this special time where where this is now the time, or? Is this just a cyclical thing that's always happening and we're always in this this kind of race against individualism versus collectivism? Or are we truly in a very special time where this is now, uh, you know, this is it, where we're going to define where humanity is going from for our future? What is your thoughts on that? Well, I think there's uh, I think the answer is, well, both, really, um, because um if you look back through known human history, the few have always controlled the many, always. And they've done it because the many have given their power to the few. Now, this is a constant, constant um, uh, repeating blueprint cycle that's gone on and on and on and on. And, you know, I said in a video recently, Putin hasn't invaded Ukraine. Russian troops have invaded Ukraine. And Joe Biden is not going to respond um, in Ukraine. If there's a response, it will be American NATO troops that respond to Russian troops. Um, so wars are not between those that declare them, uh, except in theory. They are literally between the mass of the population and the mass of the population. It's like we used to say in the 60s, 
um, in the 1960s, what if they had a war and nobody came? You know, so why, why has Putin been able to do this in Ukraine? Because the Russian troops did what Putin told them, or actually Putin told them, their bosses and their bosses and their leaders and their generals, and eventually the troops go in there because that's what they're told. So wherever you look through, through history, the few have controlled the many by the many doing what the few tell them. And so that cycle could have been broken at any point that enough people refused to cooperate. What if we had a war and nobody came? <laughs> um, but we are in a, um, a, a, a more extreme situation now, I would say, because of the, um, the way that the control system is now um, global in a way that in no human history has never been before. See, what we've been watching um, as the, our perception of time anyway um, has unfolded um, is this global cult, which is global now, um, moving more and more, uh, centralizing more and more to the point where um, it can go global and affect everybody in the same way. Now, we saw this with the COVID. I mean, billions of people locked down in the same way all over the world at the same time. How many people actually instigated that? How many instigated that? Tiny numbers compared with the number of people that locked down and just did what they were told. So, I mean, when people say, what's the solution? Well, how about it staring us in the face? So you start out, you can pick up this cult in, in Babylon and that part of the world. You can, you can follow it through to uh, Rome and the Roman Empire. You can follow it up to Britain and the British Empire and the European empires. And that's when the cult really started to go global through colonization. And then we had this sleight of hand where the colonies were apparently given um, independence, but only on the surface. What was left out in those countries were the secret society networks and particular families that have gone on controlling those countries ever since uh, to a central um, dictated agenda. And then you had on the end of that globalization, um, the centralization of power in every area of our lives, uh, which has reached the point where we are now. I mean, th they don't talk about the 1%, actually the less than 1%, if the truth be told. Um, uh, you know, by accident, it's because that's where the centralization of power is now reached. And once you reach that point, then you can do things on a global level you've never been able to do before, like connect everybody to AI. Uh, and uh, so we are at a point now, I think, which is, which is yeah, particularly um, extreme, um, whereby uh, this hive mind um, would be global and would be centrally controlled. You know, if you people just imagine a massive, massive number of computers and there was a central point that was controlling all those computers, well, just replace the computers with the human mind and, and that's where they want to go. Um, and this is in known human history, um, who knows what's gone before in cycles, um, this has never, uh, uh, as we can see, never uh, happened before. So this is a particularly important time 
And it's what drives me on because um, we are uh, looking um, and, uh, you know, people like Kurzweil are, are, are now telling you because there comes a point when you are manipulating under the radar, putting things into place and people aren't seeing it. They're not connecting the dots. It's getting on with their lives. Oh, I wonder why that's happened. Wonder why that's happened. Wonder why that's happened. But there comes a point where if you're going to transform human society, great reset, in the way that you have long planned, at some point it's got to break surface. You, the people are going to have to be able to see it. Otherwise, you're not going to transform human society in the way that you want. And that's where we are now. And that's why they've moved from hiding it to sales pitching it to trying to convince you it's a good idea. Uh, and um, so it, it's a, a, a very, very important point that we need to intervene here because we are looking at the end of human uh, consciousness as we know it um, in terms of human thought, human emotion and human perception. And, you know, if we're going to go deeper into this. Um, again, coming back to the the simple behind the apparently complex. I've been saying for decades that the whole foundation of this control system has been to entrap human awareness, human perception in the five senses and to disconnect an influence of expanded levels of awareness beyond this crazy bloody world impacting upon the perceptions of the five sense level, what I'll call body-mind. So the idea is you isolate body-mind from expanded levels of its consciousness. And then having created that isolated bubble, you then program that bubble with the perception of reality that you, um, you want people to have. So they behave as you uh, want them and as suits your agenda. And so what they've done as this, these decades and centuries have unfolded is they've created a system of perceptual um, downloading to keep the population in ignorance of all the key things we need to understand our plight, to understand the nature of the I, to understand the nature of the world that we're living in. So you've got two worlds that have been set up, the world of the population, and that is the one that goes through a lifetime of downloading its perception of reality from the system. So people, kids come out of the womb, immediately they're impacted in terms of their perceptions by their parents who've been through the system they're about to go through. The kids at a very, very ridiculously early age go into the, what's called bravely, ludicrously, the education system. And two things start to happen immediately. One, you are um, downloading every day the version of everything that the system wants you to believe thus affect your behavior. And the other thing that goes along with that is you are immediately uh, taught uh, what happens if you um, don't obey authority. So if you are um, questioning anything in the classroom, you become a disruptive influence. 
Um, if you are just downloading it and repeating it onto an exam paper, you become a great academic success. So you've got this um, reward system and um, repel system, this carrot and stick system for those that absorb the program and those who don't. Now, I didn't, I mean, I'd have, from a very early age, I wasn't having it when I was at school. Um, and then they go on through university and, and the whole thing um, uh, moves on. And then they go out into the world. And by this time, the vast majority of people have a perception of um, the world, which has come from these, uh, all through their formative years, this download of a program, a perceptual program. Um, and then they go out into the world and it gets confirmed because everyone they meet in the world of work has been through the same program they've been through, overwhelmingly bought it as their perception of reality. And therefore everyone's confirming to everyone else that actually everyone knows that mate. And then you're going through your life and the mainstream media all the time is pounding out the same, um, narrative that what you were told is the way things are through the education system is how things actually are. So if you're at school and you're challenging what you are being told, like, excuse me, miss, how do you know that? Hello, uh, Johnny, yeah, disruptive influence in the classroom. Um, he's asking questions, they'll all wanna do it. But then, then watch what happens because nothing changes only the, the labels given to it, you move out of the education system and you go into the world of work of the adult world. And now if you step out of the norm because you're questioning the narrative, then you can lose your job. If you do it in the public arena, the media will demonize you. We see that all the time in the last two years. I mean, it's never become more blatant. So you see the same process all the way through your life of ab absorb the download of your perception and do what it tells you to do and we'll kind of leave you alone i mean we'll we'll control you more and more but you'll think we're leaving you alone because as long as you do what we want we'll uh, we'll kind of leave you alone but you do what we don't want by god then you'll see and what we've just had is a wonderful example i've just um I mean, even I uh, have been shocked to, to watch it, but I've just been watching a video of uh, Justin Trudeau condemning the destruction of uh, freedom and human rights in Ukraine, right? Um, and so what he did in, um, in Canada was a classic. This is how it works, what I've just described. If you are in uh, a Canadian, and you're doing what the government wants and you're behaving in the way the government wants and you're staying in what I call the postage stamp consensus of, um, of reality, then you will think you're free because it seems that you are. No one's stopping you doing what you uh, wanna do because what you're doing is what the government want you to do. But as we've seen in the recent weeks, once you step out of that and you start to want real freedom as opposed to the illusion of freedom, then the system comes down on you like a ton of bricks. 
And that this is what's happening throughout people's lives. And, you know, you can go from literally, I mean, vast majority of people do. They go from cradle to grave with almost never having an original thought because they're constantly bombarded with this repetition of what they need to believe. And because, well, you know, I, 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 why should I question anything? What do I know? I mean, the experts know, surely. Scientists know, surely. They're clever and academics and all that stuff. Well, I've got news for you. Most of them don't bloody know. They're just repeating, just like you are, uh, the population, what they're told. Well, and, da and David, we see these quote-unquote experts come from this degraded immoral basis right of the occult and all this stuff and it's almost seems like because of that this it's it's getting so ridiculous you know we hear this word clown world right where it's clown world out there and it's becoming such a joke i think to people especially in alpha beta community here like i don't know anyone in our community that watches cnn or these channels really anymore except to kind of laugh at it so yeah. for the the community here that are already getting this what can you say to them in terms of the solution for stepping out from their perception? Because I still think we get caught up in these rabbit holes and trying to see these things. And, you know, I, I want to I want to move to this because I think a lot of people in the chat here are wondering, well, OK, we already know all this. Now, what can we do? And I think it's important for me, my, uh, what I say is decentralize your spirituality, decentralize all everything in your life, opt out but also realize that we are still connected and it's important for us to um, figure out ways to create community and all that. So anyways, I, I don't wanna sideline you too much, but we're already almost coming up on an hour and I wanna make sure we kind of move into some of these things and also your book that you told us that you're, you're getting into, which would be great to understand. But yeah, for the people in the chat here going, okay, we know this, what's the next step? Where we go now? What do you say to that? Well, in the end, you know, <laughs> everything comes down um, to your to your state of consciousness, and in so many ways, if not in the foundation way, that comes down to your self identity. And you know, I hear you know lots of lots of people get things, but I still see um, a lot of people who get certain things who still get pulled in. Um, and it's important to, to stay aware of when you're getting pulled in, uh, because it's very easy to do so. I mean, it's, 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 it's very easy when you're seeing what's happening in Ukraine uh, to, to get pulled into good guys and bad guys when actually the same, uh, same cult is controlling both sides. Um, but, you know, if you go... Uh, deeper into this, it all comes down in the end to self-identity and your self-identity, in my view anyway, uh, dictates your level of consciousness, your, the, the, the consciousness that you are connecting with. So if you uh, look at those people that I'm, um, I'm talking about, the postage stamp consensus people, who um, are manipulated, I feel for them, you know, it's not a condemnation, it's just the way the system works, it's very powerful on the psyche when it's all you hear. Um, they um, 
overwhelmingly will see themselves in limited terms. And they will, because of their download, perceive themselves through the labels of a human life. And the whole foundation, like I said, of uh, human control is to um, get people to perceive everything, including the eye, from a five sense perspective. And so if you can get people to self-identify with the labels of a human life, like I am a man, I am a woman, I am, you know, something in between, I am um, uh, this sexuality, that sexuality, this inca bracket, that inca bracket, this race, that race, this religion, that religion. Well, when people are perceiving the eye through those labels, they are in five sense uh, reality because they're five sense labels. Uh, and they are not who we are. They are experiences that the true eye consciousness is having. But the idea for mass control is to persuade people, manipulate people into believing that they are their labels. They are what they are. Um, and so, again, if, we, if we're talking about um, removing the cause rather than looking for solutions, the solution to everything that is, um, or the removing the cause of the problem to, to that which is about self-identification with a human entity, with a human labels, is not to have that self-identity, but to self-identify with being consciousness. And ultimately, you know, for me anyway, we are points of attention within an infinite state of consciousness. You know, people talk about the soul, well, that's, that's, that's another level of perception. It's an out-of-body perception, yes, but it's still a perception. Um, what we really are in our, in our infinite sense is, is a point of attention within an infinite uh, awareness. And that point of attention can tell you, which is the idea of the cult, that you are Ethel working on the checkout and that's all you are that you're Bill driving a bus and that's all you are. That's the limit of your potential. That's the limit of your eye. Or you can perceive yourself with a point of attention that says I am all that is, has been and ever can be. And for me, what you self-identify as is what you will connect with. So if you look at those people who self-identify with human labels, and the limitations that they are manifestations of, then they will overwhelmingly um, live limited lives. They will believe that experts know better than they do. Um, and they will um, follow authority because they think authority knows better than they do. Um, and that's what happens when you self-identify with labels, which are nothing more than brief experiences. So, so the answer for everybody, I would say, whoever you are, whatever your situation, is a complete transformation of self-identity from the labels of a human life and the human, brief human experience to self-identifying, not in some conceptual way, not some left brain conceptual way, but in your entire being that you are a consciousness, a point of, a, 
point of attention. And potentially, that point of attention can be all consciousness. Um, it's to, just a, uh, a case of how much you want to limit your self uh, sense of identity. And, and, and as, as people go through that process, obviously they are going to connect with greater and greater swathes of consciousness, higher and higher frequencies of consciousness. And therefore they are going to be breaking out of this five sense prison cell that this cult and this system seeks to put us in. Um, and what is awakening? It's just awakening from the five sense um, uh, Alcatraz and uh, uh, awakening to what we've always been, which is consciousness. The whole foundation, like I say, of control is to um, isolate our perception of self in the narrowest, narrowest of terms. Um, and, you know, you can put information in front of people um, and that's all you can do. Uh, you, you know, it's no, it's no good, you know, people running around saying you must believe what we say. Well, that's not freedom, is it? Um, freedom is looking at information and then deciding whether you accept it or not. And the person who's giving the information, accepting your right to do that. So all we can do is put information out there and it, it goes the way it, it goes. Um, because we can't wake people up. We can't. People can wake themselves up. That's how it works. Because people have put themselves in these prisons by just conforming to what they're told without question. Only they can uh, break out of them. We've uh, spoke a lot about this on our program in that uh, people are clearly polarizing now and making up their own minds. And, you, you know, it's really none of our business what somebody else chooses in the first place. But I think the wild card here and other cultures forever have told us this, that we are experiencing larger universal cycles, not just these uh, cyclic repetitions that the controllers try to put us through. And uh, that is, in fact, bringing about this experience exactly what you're describing, is that some of us are making the decision for whatever reason to go with these larger cycles and experience the fact that there is a much bigger picture. And in that, I think, is the silver lining in that uh, the controllers and the people that choose that reality are going to perish. I don't, just from a medical perspective, and with what I know there, a lot of people that have agreed to take certain procedures are not going to make it. Um, you know, people that opt for that kind of limitation, I believe, are um, not going to make it. I think a lot of us might, uh, maybe as a culture experience, a near-death experience, but I think <laughs> the way out is there's much bigger forces in action. Of course, we can't just in a new age fashion expect something else to save us. But, um, uh, but a lot of us are aligning with the universal truth. And I think that is the wild card that they aren't um, anticipating. Well, I think I've said this before. I think um, there is an element of this that mm -hmm. what is going on um, in terms of control and suppression and AI, part of it is a defense mechanism uh, against what you've just described. Because um, when I first uh, had my, uh, my head blow off in 1990, 1991, 
Um, I came across a lot of uh, psychics in those days. Um, that, I mean, if you wanted to meet a professional psychic, you should have just followed me around. I mean, I was bumping into them all the time, even <laughs> though I, I wasn't looking for them. Um, and, and there was a common theme that was coming through them to, to me at the time, this is 1990, um, that there was a vibrational change coming that was going to, as I would say now, infuse itself into this field that we're interacting with. Um, and was going to, um, A, act like a spiritual alarm clock, and it was going to tease people open from this. Because as you, as you uh, perceive self in limitation, so you're... Um, you enter vibrational density, limitation density, as opposed to uh, vibrational expansion through expansion of self-identity. Um, but these, um, this vibrational change was gonna tease people open. And the other thing that uh, I was told, another common theme a long time ago now, is that um, this, vibrational change was going to um, bring to the surface all that had been hidden from us. And that's why um, in the first book I wrote um, after I went through this process was called Truth Vibrations. And I call it Truth Vibrations uh, because that's what I call this vibrational change. Um, and, you know, in those days, um, the very, very early 1990s, well, you know, go on through the 90s, there was no sign that there was any awakening and there was no sign that all that had been hidden was going to come to the surface. But if you look from the perspective of 2022, you, you see the number of people who are seeing the world and self in a completely different way compared with you know, even recent years. Uh, and you also see um, how much we now know. You know, because I've been on this journey a long time, as you have yourself, um, and you've seen it unfold. Um, people who are coming to this now and seeing the information that's available, um, it wasn't always like that. You know, um, this, this has been, you know, in my period of 30 odd years doing this, it, it, it's been an extraordinary process of, of more and more and more and more and more coming to the surface until you know, we, we, we just think what we know now about how the world's run, by whom and to what end, compared with 1990, 91. I mean, you know, it's incredible. So this process of the truth vibrations is, um, is mirrored in actual events. And, you know, we are interacting with this this field, this quantum field of possibility, probability all the time, which by the way, the five senses don't pick up. And that's one of the reasons, one of the key reasons that if people can be put into five sense reality alone, well, what are the five senses telling us? They're telling us that everything's apart from everything else. Because all you see is form with empty space in between. So to you, everything's apart from everything else. Um, and if you could go deeper, obviously, into the field, uh, visually, you'd see that actually it's an ocean of consciousness that's connecting everything. So we're all one because everything's connected. But 
if they can hold you in the five senses, all you see is a partners, not unity, not oneness. Uh, and um, so this, um, this process uh, of control or freedom in many ways is what, what are the dominant frequencies? What is the dominant consciousness in this field? Because, you know, one of the things that I've um, looked at over the years, because I'm, I'm always looking, like I said, for the simple, is what is this consciousness that's driving this, quote, evil? What's driving this um, desire, this impulse to control, to make suffer? Because obviously, like I said earlier, we behave as we do because we perceive as we do. So if you are this, um, what I call this cult, which seeks to control, which seeks to impose, which seeks to create conflict, which seeks to divide and rule, then you have to be in a certain level of consciousness to do that. Because other levels of consciousness don't want to do that. It's the last thing they want to do. So what the hell is this consciousness? And what's, what's interesting is, you know, we, we, we look at what we think um, makes us different and, and what sets us apart. But actually, if you look at it another way, you see the amazing things that we agree on. So you look at religions, you look at ancient cultures, um, and you can see common themes between them, which um, if you just put the labels down, are very compelling. So you have um, Christianity that talks of the devil and Satan, and demons. You have the Gnostic belief system that talks of Yelder Beoth, that's their version of the devil, and the archons, the rulers in Greek, um, which are the Christian demons. Um, you, you look at the jinn and uh, Iblis and Satan in, um, in Islam, and other cultures around the world that I've looked at, you look at the native North American culture, where they talk about um, a mind virus called Wetiko. And when you look at behind the names, you find they're describing the same thing, which is a state of inverted, chaotic, loveless consciousness that is seeking to impose itself upon human society and seeking to feed off the energies that we are generating through what? Our perceptions, our emotions, our mental states in the form of vibrations. Now, if you are in this inverted, chaotic, I'll call it Watiko state of consciousness, which is driving your Putins and your Bidens and your Johnsons and your Trudeaus and your Morrisons and your Macrons, this is the common theme, this consciousness, um, which has been staring us in the face, called different names by different religions and different cultures, but this is what is behind it. And it is seeking, and has always sought, to draw human uh, consciousness into its vibrational layer. 
because then two things can happen. A, it can feed off the energy because uh, the, the whole foundation of Watiko is fear. So therefore, if it's going to generate sustenance, which it can absorb, it needs to generate that through fear and all the emotional offshoots of fear, anxiety, depression, all these things. Um, and that, that's what it wants the uh, human population to fall into. And another thing it can do is once there is a vibrational compatibility attachment, then perception can be, um, uh, the, the Watiko perception can be played out through all the, the minds that are in that vibrational mode. It's a form of possession. I mean, this is why, you know, the, the native North Americans talk about Watiko being a mind virus. It's a possession of the mind, a possession of the psyche. And what happens is when you go through this expansion of awareness, an expansion of awareness, you're moving into higher, more expanded states of vibration, which are not affected by Watiko, which means that you start to free think and see things in a totally different way to that which is attached to um, Watiko. And if we uh, look at it from that basis, um, removing the cause of the problem is to hold ourselves in heart-centered higher vibrational states. Because once we get pulled in to all these low vibrational emotional states of fear and all those things that offshoot from it, we go into the realm of Watiko. And so what this consciousness has done through its various expressions um, in human society is create a structure and a world that is constantly generating fear. It's constantly generating uh, or putting people into emotional states based around fear. They did it with you know, COVID, oh, deadly virus, you're all gonna die now, it's fear of, of nuclear war. If you, if you just, instead of seeing one subject following another, one happening following another, just watch the flow, watch the common theme. It's making you fear. And uh, therefore, um, where, where I'm going with this in terms of this field is that they are trying to control the vibrational state of this field, this uh, field of consciousness that we're interacting with, like a Wi-Fi field, if you like, that connects everything. They're trying to hold that down in a low vibrational state. Because we're interacting with it all the time, um, it's affecting us and we're affecting it. If it's in a low vibrational state, then it's going to be uh, affecting a lot of people to fall into those vibrational states. So um, this whole thing about opening your heart and, and, and redefining your self-identity, which takes you not only into higher um, levels of awareness and perception and vibration, it, it makes you a generator of them. You become a generator of that uh, level of consciousness, which you are attached to, and, and you are you are um, putting that into this field. And every time, every time someone else goes into that mode, the field is being uh, affected vibrationally. 
And what these truth vibrations are, I would suggest, is an infusion of high vibrational energy, consciousness, love, whatever you want to call it, into this field as well. And the uh, transformation of human society, which is the play out of perception, which comes from this field, ultimately. Um, the transformation of human society from a place of control and uh, dictatorship to one of love and freedom uh, comes as a result of clearing this field out of the low vibrational state that, um, that has taken it over. And, you know, you know, you talk about, or people talk about um, vampires and uh, garlic to a vampire and all this stuff. Well, high vibrational energy, consciousness, awareness, love is, is, is the garlic to Watiko. It cannot exist in a high vibrational state. Um, and that's where this transformation of human society is going to happen. It's going to happen from the heart because that's the connection to that level of consciousness that's going to change the field. Um, and so um, you're, you are seeing um, more and more people awakening. I mean, you know, I've been on so many of these London marches and London rallies. There's another one coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, and, and the energy of them, like people were talking about with the, the, the truckers um, the protest in Ottawa, and I hear it all over the world with these freedom rallies, with Wellington, New Zealand, everywhere. The energy is something different. It's not the energy of protest. It's, it's something greater. And they are expressions of this vibrational change that's happening. And, um, you know, like I say, I think in many ways, this uh, hysterical, almost panic-stricken um, imposition of uh, control is in part, at least in part, um, a response, a defense response to what's actually happening. Because if this goes on and, and this expansion of awareness continues, then um, the world of Wetika will be uh, unable to continue to exist. What exposes their vulnerability, which is all along they've been dependent, the predators have been dependent on us for their sustenance. And when you realize that while we've been their power source all along, it really takes the wind out of their sails and their ability for, or our ability to take them serious in the first place. Yeah, you know, I, this is one of the things I've tried to get across over the years. Um, please, uh, no one see these people as omnipotent. They're, they're actually rather pathetic. Um, you know, uh, I define evil as the absence of love. I think if you take love out of the place, then, you, you, then, then what we call evil in terms of behavior um, can follow. Um, so they are, they are a consciousness without love. Uh, I mean, you know, what must that be like? Uh, and it's not that they're all powerful. Evil is never as powerful as love because it's disconnected from the power that is ultimately everything. That's why they have to set up these, um, these energetic uh, connections to the low vibrational state and emotional and mental states of humans 
as a power source because they can't connect with the, the greater power source because they're in such a distorted, inverted state of consciousness. And by the way, because it, they're, it, they're, they're so, it's so inverted, that's why the world is inverted. The world that they have created, that consciousness has created, is completely inverted. Everything's on its head. Everything. If you want to know the truth, then look at the, what you're told is the truth and, and, and invert it, and you'll be much closer to what the truth really is. So we've gone through two years of fascism being told it's to protect our health when it's actually destroyed the health of enormous phenomenal numbers of people. Uh, and, and so everything's inverted. You look at the... Um, the symbols of Satanism, which is an expression of Wotiko, um, and, and they're inverted. They're inverted pentagram, inverted cross. They inv everything's inverted and everything's upside down. This is why we don't have an education system. We have a programming system. It, it, it's all inverted. And if we, um, if we uh, go on falling, in, literally falling into these low vibrational states, then we're feeding Wotiko. But it needs us, we don't need it. And it is not all powerful. This is how it's cr uh, created its uh, apparent omnipotence. And, and it, we go back to what I talked about earlier. Um, they have set up a system of, of different expressions of this Wetika in human form and other non-human forms have um, set up a network, which I call the global cult. And the inner core of this cult is there to pass on through the initiations of the real insiders, not, you know, Bill and Joe down the lodge, uh, A, where the world's being taken, but even more fundamentally, the nature of reality and the nature of the eye and the nature of the way we interact with um, the world, with our perceptions, which creates our experience and our behavior. So they are passing that on, that understanding of how reality works, especially at, at this level anyway, through this secret society network. Now, the other world of the population and what I've described in education and media and all that stuff, that's designed to keep that information from the population. So the fact that um, uh, they have this uh, symbol, this cult has this well-known symbol, of the single all-seeing eye is actually very appropriate because this cult is the equivalent of in the kingdom of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. That's how they've done it. It's not because they're omnipotent and all-powerful, they're pathetic. It's because they put um, humans in a smaller knowledge awareness box than they're in. So um, they're the one-eyed man and humans, they do everything they can to make blind. But when humans become the two-eyed, third-eyed um, consciousness that we are, we only remember, then this is, this, is, this is the two-stone bloody weakling, not omnipotent, it's the two-stone weakling. The point is they know that. And that's why they're terrified. You know, you show me a control freak and I'll show you an insecure person because control freaks want to control everything because they're insecure. Secure people, um, they don't need to control everything. They're, they're quite at peace with states of flux. They're quite at peace with not knowing the outcome. But, you know, every day as it comes, 
But insecure people and control freaks, they're terrified of not being certain of the outcome. They can't stand states of flux. This is why um, in a football sense or a sporting sense, um, Watiko and this cult um, would have to control both teams and the referee so they knew the score at the end of the game before the game started. Then they But just having influence of one team, so they had no idea what the score was going to be, they can't stand that. And this is why you, you look at right across human society, they're trying to control all sides in every debate, and those they can't control, they're trying to marginalize and silence. They're, 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 there's a reason why uh, Watiko uh, seeks to absorb fear. It's because it is fear. This is one of the great revelations. Watiko, the devil, Yaldabaoth, uh, Iblis, Satan, all these different names around the world for the same state of consciousness. Um, there are other ways uh, or different ways of saying fear. It's this consciousness that brought fear into the world. And it controls through fear because it is fear. And it absorbs fear because it is fear. So if we don't fall into fear because we are self-identifying as all that is, has been, and ever can be on an eternal exploration of forever, forever, so there is nothing to fear, then Watiko has lost its lunch. It's lost its power source. It's lost its ability to control through fear. Um, and, 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 and fear, not least, of not doing what you're told. Um, so in the end, it, it, again, in terms of the simple, uh, you bring it right down to its simplest level. It's if you've got an open heart uh, and you're, you're coming from that perception, you're making a positive influence on removing Watiko from power. Um, if you're only in the head and only in the belly, which is what happens when the heart closes, the perceptions move here and here, um, then you are feeding Watiko. And uh, that's the challenge we have is to hold this open when all the things around us are telling us to close it and go into fear, um, uh, which is what they're designed to do. Pretty much what all the great ones have told us for a long, long time, right? Well, you know, if I was the only person saying this, right, out of the only person saying it throughout history, I'd be going, well, that don't make sense, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but these are universal truths that have been known about right the way through the ages. And what has happened is... Um, you know, in so many ways, we are fortunate because the analogies around us, the analogies of computers, the analogies of software, analogies of Wi-Fi um, are, are wonderful um, symbols to explain what we're trying to say. Um, because in so, so many ways, I go into this in this new book I've just nearly finished. Um, this modern technological world and how it works is mirroring actually how our um, 
how, how our reality works and how we interact with it. Um, and if you look to the ancients, they had to get these concepts across um, using the analogies of the day. They couldn't talk about Wi-Fi. I mean, they didn't know about Wi-Fi. So they had to use the analogies of the day. And what's happened is um, so many anthropologists and historians have looked at what these ancient societies were saying and how, how they were describing things. And they, um, they A, don't realize that, that, that what they're describing in terms of forces is the same forces that are around today. Or they had these gods and they had those gods and they feared those gods. Well, maybe they were the same gods. You know what I mean? Just have a look. Just have a look at look how they were described. And you'll realize they gave them different names because they were different cultures and different eras. But actually, they were describing the same forces I've just described with, um, with religions and stuff. Um, and so these anthropologists and historians, they go along and they hear these symbolic descriptions of reality and they said oh they're very primitive people but actually if you realize that they were talking symbolically using the the tools that people knew about at the time that they were actually incredibly profound and they were talking in terms of i'm talking about you know been talking about today uh, these are universal truths and they don't change because they're universal truths and uh, it's our challenge not just to talk about it, but to live it. Not to talk about doing what we believe is right, but doing it. Not to list consequences for doing what we believe to be right, because to do that is to consider not doing it. Because what about the consequences? Well, expanded awareness doesn't do that. Heart awareness doesn't do that. It doesn't list consequences for what... Um, for, for doing what it knows to be right because it wouldn't consider not doing it so it just does it and the consequences take care of themselves um and and this is the difference between conceptual spirituality and living spirituality where you you live what you uh, perceive and you live what you uh you identify with you live your life as if you are all that is has been and ever can be and not Bill and Ethel down the call center, which is just an experience for the consciousness that people are manipulated from cradle to grave to forget that they are. What escapes most in this so-called age of technology and AI is that the technology of the natural realm, which includes us, is the most advanced technolog technology possible. So, uh, you know, we are the creator of it in the first place. So it's pretty hard to be controlled by your own creation unless there's some pretty good mind control involved. Well, that's an interesting point, because um, what we call technology is a means that this Watiko state of consciousness uses to overcome its limitations. Um, you know, consciousness in its true power creates by thought, it creates by manifestation, creates directly by its impact on the energetic field. But if you can't do that, then somehow you have to compensate for that lack of direct creativity 
and so you 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 do um, you go down the road of uh, technology. We don't actually need uh, um, technology except in the this um, uh, oppressed realm, which has been um, systematically uh, put into a low vibrational state. Uh, where technology is necessary to overcome the limitations of consciousness. Um, in, a, in, in you know, higher dimensions of awareness, they don't have technology, that it's just direct manifestation and creation. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, another area of this, which I, I've written about at, at length, I go into it in this book in, deeper than I ever have, is that, you know, this reality that we're experiencing is 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 actually a um, is actually a simulation of, 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 again uh, technologically generated because this whole watiko consciousness it's it's obsessed with technology because it's its compensation its way of compensating for its lack of creativity if you if you look at um the writings i've gotten here two big books of translations you look at the writings that were found at, in uh, Nagamadi uh, in Egypt, about 75 miles north of uh, Luxor in 1945 in an earthen jar, that were the writings of um, the, the Gnostic people, Gnostic belief system, that were apparently put in that jar, it's estimated around 400 AD, but the knowledge goes further back, obviously. Um, they describe about a fifth of these writings is about these, uh, these archons, which uh, Christians call demons. Um, and one of the points that's made about them is they have no creativity. It talks about Yaldabaoth, which is the Gnostic version of, of the devil, Satan, uh, that has no creativity. Uh, it does not, not have the ability to create in, in, in the sense of that I'm talking about. It's direct manifestation. So it has to do it in another way. And if you um, transfer that lack of creativity by not being able to tap into the creative force because of its vibrational uh, psychological state. And then you apply that in the world that we live in. Look at banking. Banking um, was created by this cult, which is Wutiko <laughs> Manifest. That's what the cult is. That's why you know they, they act as they do in unison. Um, what is banking? It's, um, it's a parasitical a parasitical operation. Um, and again, the Gnostics, as other cultures, talk about this, what I'll call Wotiko, as, as a, a parasite consciousness. And look at banking. It's a parasite. It creates money that doesn't exist called credit and charges you interest for giving it to you. And if you can't pay it back because of the, the way they've manipulated often the, the economic system anyway to make it sure you can't pay it back, then they get your wealth, they get your land, they get your resources, they get your business, etc. get your possessions in exchange for credit that has never, does not, will never exist. So you have creativity, you have ideas, you have the ability to create. So the way the system has been set up, if you want to express that creativity and expand that creativity and your ability to do it, what do you do? <clears throat> well, I need money, mate. I need money to do it. Okay, so where are you going to get your money from? Well, I'm going to have to go to a bank. And, and in that way, the entire banking system, which is just a, a parasitical system, 
is feeding off the creativity of the entire population through the banking system. This is what he called lack of creativity, feeding off the creativity of human awareness. You look at um, Silicon Valley, the, the creative force of Facebook and what they call it now, Meta, comes from Mark Zuckerberg. Didn't the creativity of YouTube comes from Susan Wachiski. The, these other uh, uh, front men, just front men for the cult, they really control these organizations. No, it's other people in the organization that, that, that provide the creativity, the ideas, the insight. Um, and again, uh, they're feeding off human creativity. Um, do the people that are um, in the lower ranks that come up with the ideas and, and, and drive the creativity, uh, do they make the same money as Mark Zuckerberg and Brennan Page at Google or Wachiski at YouTube? Um, no. Uh, because again, it's a parasitical um, structure. And uh, everywhere you've got this lack of creativity feeding off the creativity of the population. It's just an expression of Botico in the human world. That's the most deeply seated engram in affecting humanity right now is that we need these tokens in order to create. That's why Mike and people like him are involved right now with creating parallel systems that are value-based and, and based on human exchange rather than, you know, what you're describing. So, um, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing to overcome right now is that banking system. Well, you know, the thing is, you know, over this last 32 years, this information has not come to me via technology. Mm -hmm. It's come to me via synchronicity, which doesn't require technology. It's the interaction of consciousness. The real creativity do doesn't come from technology. That's the that's the the confirmation that you don't have the creativity. Creativity comes from the way life interacts with life, the way consciousness interacts with consciousness, and and, and you it's know, a the point, the it's point. a living resonance that's connecting all of us right now. You know, as kindred yeah. spirits are finding each other, and that's non-technological, and it can't be stopped. We're finding yeah. each other. The thing, the thing is that you know, the, the reality. Parking people in the five senses has so many benefits. In fact, it's fundamental. Without it, they couldn't do the human control. But parking people in the five senses parks people in another uh, cul-de-sac, which is the world is solid. So if you think the world is solid and physical as we perceive it, as we experience it, then what does that mean? It means everything's limited. Oh, you, you can't, you, oh, you, you, you can't do that. Not in a solid world, you can't do that. And a, a solid world, you can only do that with solid technology. <laughs> right? The, the, the two go together. And when you, um, you realize that actually the world is in a, in, is in a, 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 a holographic state, not a physical state, and that the whole uh, thing is based on energy information and the interaction of energy information, suddenly the limitation disappears. Because, you know, you look at 
a situation and you think it's uh, a physical situation, uh, you um, perceive it as physical because you've experienced this as physical. But actually, it's the manifestation of thought and manifestation of consciousness that has created that situation. All that you're experiencing is its holographic expression. But it's consciousness that's behind what is manifesting. Not technology, consciousness. And, you know, this is a, 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 a really vital point. Because if we go down the road of perceiving the world as solid and physical, then it seems that everything to be changed necessarily must take a long, quote, time. Another, another uh, illusion of the simulation. Uh, when actually, if you change your perception, you change your experience and you change the world. It's all happening on the level of consciousness. And um, in many ways, technology is another constant confirmation of the program that the world is, um, is physical, the world is solid, the world is as you think you're experiencing. So for instance, uh, we have this whole um, uh, concept going way back of the Bush Telegraph, where sensitive people, once in massive numbers, um, are able to communicate through thought, the Bush Telegraph. Um, but now technology tells us the only way you can actually communicate is through technology. It, it's, it's, it's one of those um, subtle, not always seen ways of pulling you into the five senses. You need technology to do this, you need technology to do that. When actually um, consciousness is quite capable of manifesting reality without any help from a bloody smartphone. And uh, again, this is the level that um, we need to go to cleanse ourselves of these constant um, machine gun uh, perceptual um, triggers to hold us in, in, in um, the perceptual prison cell. So I don't have a smartphone. I won't have them. And, and, and I, you know, if, if people want to talk to me, well, they'll talk to me on a landline. I've got a landline phone behind me, right? And, and, I, and, and it went off the other day during an interview and I turned around and took the handle off. And he said, basically, what's that? You, you, you got a phone? Yeah, I've got a landline. And if people want to call me, they call me on it and I talk to them. I don't need to talk to them when I'm walking down the bloody street. I talk to him at another time. But uh, so technology is, is, is part of the prison and it's drawing us in. So, uh, okay, number one, uh, we want to get inside the body. Okay, so what do we do? Okay, how about that? We'll get them addicted to things they hold. Okay, yeah, all right. And then, and, then, and then what we'll do is then we'll go on the body, we'll things on the body, you know, do things. And then we go in the body. It's a, it's a, it's a it, here, kitty, 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 um, stepping stone through to um, AI-controlled humans. Uh, and uh, so I could see this coming. 
um, when it started. And I thought, well, I'm not, I'm not even going to step one. I'm not having a smartphone. I won't have one. So I guess the question is, the final question is, how long does this have to play out? Do you see uh, an end in sight? Well, you know, it takes a long time for the cracks to appear in the dam. It can take a very, very long time. The dam can be there for decades and decades and decades. But the time between the cracks appearing and the dam coming down can be very, very short. And there's no doubt there is cracks in the dam now. And that the cracks in the dam are called awareness. When I look at how many people in the world in 1990, 91 were aware of what they're aware of now, it, was, it would have been tiny. Um, but so many more are aware now. So many more, phenomenal. I mean, you know, you you know, because you've been doing this for a long time, um, how um, how phenomenal the numbers are now compared with what they were, uh, and and so the more um, it's like it it it's the equivalent of the subliminal and the conscious. You know, a subliminal insert in an advertisement speaks to your subconscious, but only while you can't consciously see it. So if you, um, and this is easy to, um, for people to check, just go on, go on the internet and find subliminal advertisements where they point out the subliminal. Um, and you may not be able to see it until you see where they're pointing it out. But once it's pointed out, what's happened is the subliminal has moved from the conscious to the conscious mind. And every time you look at that image for the rest of your life, the first thing you see will be the subliminal you couldn't see before because it's become conscious. And therefore, it's lost its influence on you because you can see it. You're aware of it. It's not speaking to your subconscious and influencing your perception without you knowing anymore. And um, this awareness of this structure, this cult, this, these methods of manipulation, these goals, these techniques, these ambitions is literally like pointing out a subliminal insert and making it conscious. It stops impacting on you in the same way. So more and more people, by their awareness of what's happening, are ceasing to be influenced by what's happening. And everyone that does that um, is removing the power of the cult, removing the power of the tea cult um, from their, um, their influence, from being influenced by it. Uh, and the, the speed that that uh, happens will dictate um, where we go from here. And, you know, you, you, are, um, you were right earlier um, it's important that we, we stay a bit detached as well because um, some people are not going to wake up, not in this lifetime. They're too deeply in the coma. And, you know, as Morpheus said in The Matrix, you know, many people are so inert, so dependent upon the system that they'll fight to defend it or worse to that effect. 
Um, so, you know, we, we, we mustn't get emotionally um, pulled in or it will just pull us down. All you can do is do your best to put information before people that they won't otherwise get and then be at peace with how they, um, how they receive it. Because if we get emotionally attached to how they receive it, we're getting pulled in, we're getting pulled down. And that's no, no good for us, it's no good for anybody. Uh, so um, we, you know, as you said with the jabs, I mean, for a lot of people, it's a done deal. Uh, a lot of people, it's past being a done deal, as we've seen with these uh, figures that are being uh, covered up by the mainstream media. But, you know, it's uh, self-replicating material, so it's going to affect a lot of people who are not affected yet. Um, and, you know, what is life? What is life in this reality? What is life in any other reality? It's choice and consequence. You make a choice, you take the consequence. You don't like the consequence, you make a different choice, you get a different consequence. Um, and uh, that's what that's what life's about. But the good news is that that's what it's about eternally. You know, it, this is just a uh, you leave the you leave the body. Well, we're all going to leave the body eventually. We're consciousness. We're eternal. And um, if we can come from that direction, from that sense of being, that sense of the I, then so many things that affect us and draw us down when we perceive the world through the the five senses alone don't pull us down anymore because we could, we're above it. We can see that it's this is just a a tiny brief experience in the infinity of forever. Exactly. So, Michael, any um, any pressing questions from uh, the audience out there? Well, I mean, we've had a very lively chat, and I will say one of my favorite things I've been saying right now, David, is, and this has been a very empowering thing to see, is decentralize everything, decentralize spirituality, decentralize your connection with uh, how you get your food, all that. It's a very empowering idea. And while we have a lively chat going on with all different perspectives of what spirit is, Jesus is, all this stuff as you get, it's great because it's decentralized. It's all these different creative people thinking of, in terms of for what is good for their life. There's no herd thought in this chat right now. And while people might be getting heated on some of these topics, it's great because they're coming from a decentralized perspective. And I think that's been one of the most empowering things in the last few years is people are really waking up and thinking for themselves and searching for truth. And I think that's really exciting to see. And I'm sure you've been seeing that, David, as you mentioned, from 1990 to now. Wow, the amazing awakening that's happening with that. And that, to me, is one of the most exciting things I've seen in the last just even few years. Um, yeah, and what we've... Um... What you've just described there is, again, um, the difference between increasingly two very clear and obvious states of consciousness. Because one state of consciousness is um, desperate to be part of the group. Uh, and the other, which you've just described, wants to express its uniqueness. Because, you know, people talk about we're all one. Yeah, we are. But we're a unique expression <laughs> of infinity. Expressing your uniqueness is a celebration of oneness. You know, we're not all the same blob. We're, we're, we are um, different points of attention uh, created by different experiences, different perceptions. 
And to celebrate your uniqueness and to express your uniqueness is to celebrate oneness. Um, and uh, so there's no contradiction whatsoever between um, individuality and, uh, and oneness. And the other thing is, you know, that what is this field that we're in? What is all that is, has been, and ever can be? I mean, to the five sense mind, that's impossible. That's ridiculous, mate. You can't be all that is, has been, and ever can be. That's past, present, and future. You can't do that. But what is all that is, has been, and ever can be? It's very simple. It's all possibility, all potential. And all possibility must include all that is, has been, and ever can be, because it's all possibility. Therefore, um, expressing your uniqueness is um, an expression of all the different possibilities that there are. If, and, and so look at the way the cult works and again, invert it. It wants to suppress individuality. It wants to suppress all possibility and tell you there's only this possibility. I will shut you up if you say there's another one. And it's again, and it, everything this cult does and everything that you see around you in human society that's been touched by this cult is an inversion of infinite reality. And so um, to um, to say, I mean, this is why I said earlier about the Socrates quote, wisdom is to know you know nothing. Um, because all possibility is there. And to focus attention and say, this is the only possibility, this is the only way things can be, is a denial of the reality and the nature of uh, who we are. So, again, you can use different symbols to express your point of view. And you can argue over the symbols. Oh, we believe in Satan. We don't believe in that Yoda Bayoff. We don't believe in that Watiko. That's them Native Americans. No, no, we believe in the Satan. We do. So uh, just uh, take a step back and look at how they're described actually you're saying the same thing and we do so often tend to get divided and um and thus ruled and into arguments and conflicts that are completely bloody irrelevant you know do you believe that we should love each other well yeah so what's it matter what bloody symbols you use or what analogies you use because I agree, we need to love each other. And, it, and like I said earlier, bring it back to basics, because these, these symbols and, 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 and names and stuff, they all get in the bloody way. I mean, we can use them, you know, to, to describe things, yeah, but don't get, don't get welded to them. Don't get uh, ball and chained to them. They're just word and... Uh, ways of describing something basically um we need to love each other 
We need to love each other. And that's it. And if we're agreed on that, who the hell cares what, what you bloody worship or not in terms of the name? Because that's all we need to do. And then everything will change. Exactly. And that's the ultimate simplicity. Well, yeah. And that, and the, and the, one of the classic storylines going from the Bible and most traditions is this idea of idolatry. And what's been the downfall of society is looking to others, looking, whether even that looking to David Icke, right? Look within. It's that simple. Look within and do the work internally. And as you said, David, so perfectly, you start to change the field around you and others you affect. And Wetiko has no effect on you unless you opt in to that. So whether it being unknowingly or not, but hey, man, one other thing you teased, you have a book a new book you're working on. Did you want to give a little insight into what that is before we say uh, goodbye for today? Well, just, just very quickly. It's um, uh, my, my last book. It's uh, now it's called um, Perceptions of a Renegade Mind um, because a renegade mind is different to a critical thinking mind. A renegade mind critically thinks, but when it's critically thought um, and seeing what's happening, uh, a renegade mind will not cooperate with what's happening. But a critically thinking mind might critically think and see what's happening and then think, what are the consequences for me of not cooperating with it? Um, and uh, so a renegade mind is a, a very different thing. Actually, it's a renegade heart in truth. But uh, yeah, this book I've just done now, I've, I've, I've had some amazing experiences in the last um, 12 months, particularly in the last like six, seven, um, that have... Um, Put things in front of me again synchronicity not technology i've done it without a smartphone bloody hell um and uh the the depth of the control um i would suggest goes much deeper and beyond just this reality um but the answer is exactly the same because what i've kind of uncovered in what you might call afterlife manipulation um, is the same process of trying to kid you that you are what you're not. And um, anyway, that's um, it's kind of, you know, what's he talking about? What's he talking about? It will make absolute sense in the book, um, what I'm talking about. Um, the, the, um, the manipulation of perception, shall we say, is not just of this world. Hmm. I look forward to seeing that. David, it's been a real treat uh, connecting with you after all these years. And thank you so much for being with us. No, real pleasure. It's been a great chat. And of course, uh, we'll put in the show notes, the best place to find you, of course, is your own, on your own website, right? Um, and I, I heard it was down. Did it get knocked down for a little bit? Someone in chat was saying your website was down, but oh, I just right. checked. Well, that's the first I've heard of it. It, okay. it. it went down a few times in the spring of 2020 when I was saying there isn't a virus, it's all a con. Yeah. Um, it went down a few times then. But um, yeah, davidike.com. Uh, and then this iconic, of course, which is the, the media platform, which uh, yeah. my son's done an amazing job. And yeah, of course, you're, you're involved in. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, David, for your time today. Uh, we really enjoyed it. And for those who um, resonated with this, please give us a thumbs up to share with your friends and family. It's the best way to spread the info. And of course, as we always end the, uh, every AlphaCast, 
Don't forget to get outside, get your feet in the dirt, plant something, go for a hike. Mother Nature is our best friend and our best teacher. And um, let's always remember that. It's so easy to step outside. Love you guys. And we'll see you on Thursday with Brian Stavely as we go deep into the time rabbit hole of the Mandela effect and everything else related to that. That's going to be a fun one. Uh, we'll see you on Thursday at our normal 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. Ciao. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. And we're back for another episode of AlphaCast.